Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, from time to time, we have guests on the show from the Common Sense Institute, and or the Colorado Business Roundtable talking about, obviously, questions of interest to the economy of the state of Colorado. And these groups working together under the leadership of Debbie Brown, who is president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, have just put out a very interesting um, initiative, a plan, goes along with a very detailed report called The Road to Recovery. Um, the website, by the way, road to recovery, Colorado.org, if you want to check this out. And the people involved in this project were really kind of a who's who of business executives and other leaders from around the state joining us to talk about it. My friend, Debbie Brown, who is the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Hey, good morning, Debbie. How are you? Hey, good morning, Ross. Great to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so first of all, tell us... Um, what the mindset is and the inspiration behind this report and also a little bit of who was involved so we get a sense of the seriousness of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Colorado Business Roundtable is the state affiliate of the National Business Roundtable, uh, which is a CEO coalition of some of the the largest employers in the country. And I really uh, was inspired by uh, a report that my colleague did in Michigan at the Michigan Business Roundtable on a report where they had private sector leaders lean in on economic recommendations, particularly in, in line with some of the manufacturing um, changes they had seen in their state. So that, that was really the brainchild and got together with um, Kristen Strom, the leader of Common Sense Institute, to provide some of the economic metrics and KPIs. But our feeling kind of big picture, Ross, is that the private sector industry and leaders need to lean in more, particularly in a time of such um, disruption that COVID has brought to our economy. And it was a place where we could convene some of those thought leaders to provide these recommendations. So you don't have to give us an exhaustive list, but just give us a a (laughs) few names and and titles so folks get a sense of the kind of people involved in this project. Sure. I mean, really, uh, you know, we've got some key folks that were co-chairs of the pillars, and, th- and that might give you the best list. Uh, for example, um, uh, Chris Schmidt, managing partner of Deloitte, Scott Hughes, uh, national director of strategic initiatives uh, for Apple, uh, Terry Stevenson, uh, shareholder with the Stevenson Group, Dave DeVia, executive vice president with Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association, et cetera. Those were the co-chairs. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a long list of Big thinkers, um, you know, whether they're CEOs or entrepreneurs, some some really good folks, sort of who have special knowledge in economic development, um, economics in general, the future of work. You know, a lot of folks with who brought different expertise to the table as well. Right, and I do believe there was a representative of the state government there, and Henry Sobinet was there too, who was really the number one guy in terms of state budget for many many years. So you got serious players here. So you've mentioned a couple of times the term pillars. What are the pillars? 
Well, you can imagine when you bring smart people in a room, you know, half the battle is, okay, how do we organize and focus? Because there are a lot of potential topics that are important to our economy. So we were able to focus on three. Uh, The first pillar we call prioritize a competitiveness agenda, which is essentially understanding that Colorado competes with other states for jobs. We compete globally for jobs. And a good wealth-creating job helps lift people up and solves a lot of problems for a Coloradan. So the first pillar is more about tax and regulatory structure and how do we create an economy that uh, keeps Colorado economically vibrant for the future. I'll tell you what, what it, just as far as structuring our conversation this morning, let's mm-hmm. um, talk about each pillar as we go through them rather than naming all three pillars and, and then coming back. Great. Okay, so the first sure. pillar, prioritize a competitiveness agenda. Where do you find that Colorado needs the most help? And I'm curious, without wanting to make this conversation too political, whether you think that recent things that the state government has done or whether your group thinks that some of the the pay equity and this ridiculous paid family leave thing that we're going to get and the new oil and gas um, regulations, do you think we're on a path towards a more competitive uh, state or away from it? Uh, well, lots of questions there. Let me let me start with this, Ross. I think the group really felt like, and by every measure, Colorado is economically strong, you know, pre-COVID. And we've got some KPIs in the report, too, that were put together by Common Sense Institute. What are those? KPI? That, uh, uh, well, the key pillar indicators. So okay. some specific stats that, you know, Colorado rankings, um, you know, fourth in business environment, fourth in job growth. For example, um, U.S. News and World Report had us as the number one economy in 2019. So there was a lot of optimism pre-COVID for the economy. But to your point, some of the recommendations are um, an opportunity to rethink the economic policies going forward um, and make sure that we have a tax structure that's, um, you know, provides certainty for business owners and some other regular, you know, you, you named quite a few of them, Ross, some mm-hmm. of the regulatory things that are coming out of the Capitol or coming through, um, you know, rulemaking, for example, in oil and gas are not necessarily pro-business. So these business leaders found this as an opportunity to weigh in on what creates a business environment where Colorado is still welcoming to business in the future. So what are the top, you know, couple of ideas um, for for this particular pillar? What do we need to do? Um, yeah, you bet. So a couple of them are about applying emphasis on things that are already happening. For example, supporting the location-neutral employment program through um, OEDIT, you know, understanding that people can kind of live and work lots of places. They don't have to be in a centralized area. So we've highlighted some things that are already happening. As far as new ideas, um, definitely looking at um, keeping tax structures low. There's been some talk about having a graduated income tax, for example. We've got some commentary on that, on keeping a flat, um, you know, stable tax system. And um, we've also got some ideas on housing and childcare that people might find interesting and understanding that those are quality of life issues that that, um, determine whether someone wants to live and work in Colorado. Excellent. Um, my special guest, Debbie Brown, is president to the Colorado Business Roundtable, and we're talking about the, the new report and initiative that's a joint project of the Business Roundtable and the Common Sense Institute. It's called Road to Recovery, 
And you can check out RoadToRecoveryColorado.org. Pillar 2, Debbie. Uh, Pillar 2 is about workforce. And we call it uh, Reimagine Colorado's Workforce. And what we've been hearing for quite some time from the contributors is, look, talent, uh, without the right talent, you know, Colorado businesses can't grow and thrive. And we have to make sure that we uh, educate Coloradans in, in the most appropriate way. So it really comes down to choices. We have two different sort of um, pieces of the Colorado Workforce um, Report. One is about P through 20, so preschool through 20, and reimagining in some ways the systems that have been in place, as you know, for decades. So it gave us a chance to bring people in to kind of rethink um, everything um, about traditional education. And I'll give you a couple Mm -hmm. examples. Um, One is about, uh, we've got one idea about expanding P-TECH, Pathways to Technology, which has been kind of a pilot program. It's growing slowly, but how do we expand that to really help students have choices in the future regarding technology? And it helps get uh, students launched pretty quickly in that arena. Mm -hmm. Um, The other idea is um, supporting a tax-incentivized savings account for parents to help fund their child's own co-curricular education needs. And we've seen that, especially with the pandemic, you know, families who don't have devices, families who need, uh, you know, perhaps a different kind of internet plan, they might need a tutor. With disruption, how do we also think about these systems differently? And that's what most of the recommendations provide, just a different way of thinking about education in the future. Interesting. Was there any talk, is there anything in your report about perhaps too many kids are going to traditional four-year colleges and getting degrees that don't really offer job opportunities? Well, we didn't talk about that specifically, but the second piece of Reimagining Tomorrow's Workforce is about skilled workforce. Mm-hmm. And we've got a very robust section on that. And I think the thought is to, as you probably know, you know, a lot of Coloradans don't go to college, and that doesn't mean their dreams have to be derailed. And we want to make sure we have opportunities for upskilling, reskilling, uh, whether it's somebody coming out of high school or someone needing to really simply rethink their career mm-hmm. uh, in this new environment and have opportunities. And so Dave DeVia was instrumental in that. He um, he works on skilled workforce 24-7 and provided some, opportuni- some new opportunities regarding internships, apprenticeships, and how really Coloradans can have as many choices as they want to think about how they want to frame their career. Right. Uh, one perfect example of how the left makes it so that we can't have nice things is how difficult it is these days to, uh, to get an internship because companies are, uh, are afraid that if you're willing to volunteer your time and do it, you know, a, a, an unpaid internship for a little while to get skills and see what you like and what you don't, that someone will come down on you for not properly paying, even though they wanted to volunteer. And that's just my own little my own little tangent as some kind of public policy thing that could be helpful is let people volunteer in an unpaid internship if they want to. Um, what's right, the, absolutely. What's the third pillar? Uh, the third one, probably no big surprise, it's investing in what we call a future-forward infrastructure. And really, you mentioned Henry Sobonet. This was This was a pillar that Henry worked closely on. And looking at what are the infrastructure gaps that are that are potentially holding Colorado back from um, meeting meeting our economic needs in the future as folks continue to kind of pile in to our state. So covered several areas, the first one being broadband. 
as you can imagine, with uh, people now being um, displaced from a traditional office environment or traditional school environment, there's a need to accelerate broadband deployment. And we've seen a lot of really um, good work in that area, not only with federal stimulus, but with some state stimulus as well. But to have equity of access for education or the ability for someone to still maintain a, a job, broadband has never been more important. Mm-hmm. Um, other areas in here um, include transportation, really getting at the heart of some transportation needs and what could be put in place there to overcome those funding gaps. And then also energy infrastructure, which is near and dear to my heart, um, making sure that we don't chase um, the oil and natural gas industry out of our state. Absolutely. Um, I've got time for just one quick follow-up on this. we got about a minute left, Debbie. Okay. How do you draw the line? How does your group draw the line between what one might, you know, freedom-oriented people like you and like you and I are, um, draw the line between proper a proper role of government and, um, you know, just sort of big spending, potential boondoggle. Like whenever I hear a politician say invest, I just grab my wallet because they don't invest. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, smart people have to come together and figure those out, Ross. What I would say is this this report is a snapshot in time. There's a lot of work left to do on the execution and the details, and we're bringing people together to do that in the future. And we're going to, you know, continue to convene and bring smart people together to lean in. I think here's, here's the main thing. We know that if it was just... Um, frankly, government folks in a room trying to figure out Colorado's economy, I think we're not well served. So the basic point of this report is let's bring private sector people in. Let's bring some other big thinkers in and produce some ideas that that can be open for consideration. But this isn't um, a closed report. We're looking forward to actually other contributors joining us and figuring out solutions. But but I hear you. We're for smart regulation. We're for a refereed private, you know, free market system. Um, but we've got to be in the conversation and at the table to talk about smart regulation. Right. And we do need to get serious business people working together. The left is very well organized. Um, and again, I realize you probably didn't cover this in any great detail in this report because it's a little bit outside of of it, except for maybe pillar one a little bit. But a lot of the stuff that that the state government has been doing and the legislature has been doing is exceptionally harmful to Colorado's competitiveness as a place to set up, um, to, to set up a business, to hire people, the, the pay, again, the pay equity stuff and the, and the paid family leave massive tax hike. These things are a disaster and it remains to be seen just how much of a disaster the oil and gas rules are because they kind of are coinciding with COVID. So we gotta, we, we won't see just how bad they are until COVID goes away, but, um, you know, we need some people who actually understand business, which Democrats don't, to to get together and, and provide an alternative vision. So I'm glad you're doing that. Uh, Debbie and her, her group's report, Colorado Business Roundtable's report, along with Common Sense Institute, is available at roadtorecoverycolorado.org. I encourage people to check it out, roadtorecoverycolorado.org. Debbie, thanks for being here, and thanks for all the hard work you've put in Uh, so far, and I'm sure there's more to do on this project. There's absolutely more to do, and appreciate the time, Ross.
Thanks All right. So much. Thanks. Have a great Christmas and New Year, Debbie. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.